Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls. We're back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You are not giving up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord is coming back and we have to be ready. Amen. Amen. Okay. I am going to jump right on into this because let me tell you, apparently I done kicked up a firestorm over there on Facebook a.k.a. the lion's den. You know how everybody has heard the phrase, God hates the sin, but loves the sinner. Okay, where did that come from? So let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, glory be to your name. We love you and we want you. Father, we understand from your word that the sinner, those who stay stuck in their sins, who refuse to repent, who reject the finished work of your son on the cross, Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world. And so we know that by his death, burial, and resurrection, and through his shed blood, we can have forgiveness of our sins. And Father, ain't no time in your word did you say that the sinner will inherit the kingdom of God. And so Father, with today's lesson, it is my prayer that strongholds be brought down to the ground and make it obey to Jesus Christ, Father. For so long, we have heard phrases and teachings that came about by godly men, by worldly men, and the church took it to be the truth as if you said it. So, Father, I pray that today's lesson will bring clarity. Father, I ask for wisdom. Father, I need your wisdom and your understanding about what you said in your word about the sinner. Because Father, what I'm seeing that there is a lot of confusion behind your love, behind your love, Father, because we know this for a fact 
that you take pleasure in the one who obeys. You take pleasure in the righteous. The just shall live by faith and that we repent of our sins because it is not your will for any man to perish, but that we shall come to repentance. And so, Father, may the Holy Spirit move on me. May my mind be open to what you said in your word and not what the world has to say. In Jesus' name, I pray I give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, folks, where do I even begin? Because first off, I love my job on Facebook like I love it over here. Okay, Facebook, a.k.a. the Lion's Den. More and more, I am coming to find out some things over there in the Christian community. Because if you let them tell it, if you look at their wall or their page, oh, you would think that they love Jesus without a doubt. And you would think that by the many affirmative posts that they put up about how God's word is the final authority and that, yes, we need to repent and yes, we need to stop sinning. And yes, that if we don't stop it, we're going to hell. So you would think just by scrolling up and down your news feed You would think that the body of Christ, we got this together. Amen. But let me tell you, that is not altogether the truth. Because when you hit or when you press a button, okay, that these people, okay, these people, and I don't mean it like that. I love the brethren. Okay, and God has showed me through his word that when we do correction, it must be done gently and with patience. And so that's the mindset that I'm coming with today's lesson. I'm just trying to highlight the stubbornness and the fact that We don't really understand the scriptures like we think we do, myself included. That is why we have to constantly, if not on a daily basis, okay, we have to keep our face plastered in the word of God. You want to know why? Well, because first he told us to. Okay, he told us to study this word, his word, to show ourselves approved so that when we hear error, when we hear false doctrine, when we hear worldly sayings and the church take it as if it's a scripture, we don't know where we can find it, but we know God must have said this because it sounds like something he would say. Well, guess what? You got to get your feelings up out of the way, right, Holy Spirit? Because he done told us, lean not onto your own understanding. So as much as we want God 
to have said something, but if he didn't say it, and then when the truth is brought to the table, you all over there on Facebook, aka the Lion's Den, want to holler and kick and scream. Okay, so, excuse me, <laughs> what started all of this was because something was brought to my mind. Because you know how when you hear things, okay, especially among the body of Christ, we kind of take that, yes, that God has said that, or maybe we um, are putting it in a different way, but at the end of the day, it's still something that God did say. Okay, well, I don't know, about a week or so ago, I saw a sister in Christ that posted something and it caught my attention. And I'm like, huh, really? Okay, okay, I can feel that. Well, she was saying that how, you know, the phrase that God hates the sin, but loves the sinner. We done seen that on bumper stickers. We seen that on t-shirts. We even heard it at the false church because the apostate false teacher, oh, he said it too. And it became a ripple effect right, Holy Spirit, throughout the church that we can sin, but at the end of the day, yeah, God hates to sin, but he still loves the sinner. Show me that in scripture, <laughs> okay? Show me where it says, for it is written in the book of da-da-da, chapter whatever, verses blank and blank, God said that he hates the sin, but loves the sinner. Guess what, folks? God never said that. That is unbiblical, and that is not even scriptural. So I did a lesson because when she said that, and then she also added on that where that phrase came from, it came from, what's his name? Gandhi. Okay, Mahatma Gandhi. He said that. And I'm like, whoa, hold up. Wait a minute. Gandhi said that? And so, of course, that piqued my interest. And so I'm going into the world now. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Because if for nothing else, come on. This basic Christian 101 teaching. We know for a fact that God does not love the sinner. Because if that was the case, if he loved the sinner so much, then what was the point of Jesus dying such a horrific and gruesome and grisly death up there on the cross, being whipped halfway, if not almost to the point of death. The book of Isaiah said that Jesus, that when the people saw him, okay, they were, they were astonished. Jesus looked almost unrecognizable. No, 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 not almost. He looked unrecognizable as a human being, that's how much of a beating, of a suffering that he took on our behalf. Why? So that sin will no longer have mastery and control 
over us? If God loves the sinner, okay, let's understand first and foremost, because I believe, right, Holy Spirit, this is the problem. This is the problem in the body of Christ. We don't know who a sinner is. Okay, because I can't understand it. And as you will see, as I continue with this lesson about the comments, okay, and the kicking and the screaming that's going on about a sinner, who wants to hold on to the sinner man? From these comments, you would think that everybody is still a sinner. Now, let me clarify some things. Okay, first of all, a sinner is someone who breaks God's law. They don't want to know about no Jesus. They're not trying to repent. They feel as though they don't have nothing to repent about because they think that what they do is okay for the most part because everybody in the world is doing it. And so for them, they ain't got no reason to repent. They don't believe Jesus died for their sins. They don't believe that God exists. They don't believe that hell exists. So for them, what's the point? Okay, okay, okay. You can believe what you want, but at the end of the day, the Bible says that let every man be a liar and let God be the truth. Okay, so. Now that we know what a sinner is, this person is steeped in lawlessness. They are rebels. They don't obey the laws of God. They want nothing to do with him. They can care two flips about repenting and that if they don't stop it, they go into hell. They will laugh in your face about that. They will mock you. They will jeer you. They will say, oh, you're a fool to think that some invisible person that's judging everybody, okay, is going gonna, is gonna to send you, is going to take you up to heaven. You're a fool to believe that. And don't tell me about no hell because hell don't exist. Okay, sinner man, have it your way because we see over there in the book of Romans chapter one, that God was like, okay, well, then you know what? I will just turn you over to a reprobate mind. I will turn you over to your sins because you're not listening. You have a depraved mind. You don't want my son. You don't want salvation. You don't want what Jesus did for the world, for mankind as a whole, the everybody, man and women, what he did for everybody, okay? Now, if we believe that, if we get pricked in our hearts, and so our response would be, Jesus, thank you for taking on my, taking my punishment that was rightly due to me so that God's wrath will no longer be on this sinner. Forgive me. I repent of my sins. And so you are now not identified as a sinner. Jesus has reconciled us back to the Father. Therefore, we are now no longer, glory be to God for Romans 8, 1, 
We are not under condemnation anymore. Why? Jesus did it all on our behalf. And so now we have been adopted into the kingdom of God. We are now God's children. Okay. And so now his wrath is no longer on the righteous. Why? Because Jesus took our punishment. He took it upon himself when he willingly laid down his life. The Bible says that Jesus is the last lamb to be slain. There is no more sacrifices. There is nothing else left for God to do. He done done everything for the sinner. For the sinner to be saved from going to hell. And then on to the lake of fire. Well, guess what? God demonstrated his love by sending Jesus. Okay. That's the foundation. So now look, getting back to this phrase, like I said, this phrase that is causing contention and it shouldn't be because that's the part I'm not getting. If you say that you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ and that how he saved you from going to hell and like the Bible says, right, Holy Spirit, that we call upon the name of the Lord to be saved, right? So God not loving the sinner, what that got to do with you? You said that you are now a child of God. You said that you repented of your sins. We on our way to heaven, okay? Now, the person who don't want what we have through Jesus Christ, okay, then that's on them. They are going to die in their sins, okay? Because then it's going to be too late for them. But for us, we got the memo. Okay, we got the memo. So when you hear a teaching that God hates the sinner, why are you up in arms unless, 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 unless you, my friend, is still, is still stuck in some sin, it just stands the reason why you keep wanting to fight against the fact that God don't love the sinner. Oh, yes, he does. He loves the sinner because he said in John 3, 16, or he said over there in Romans 5, 8, no, you wrong, you wrong. God does love the sinner. Like I said, why are you so in defense of a sinner who by definition, you know what a sinner is because you was once were one, okay? So why are you fighting the fact that God loves the sinner when he done told us because I'm going to give y'all a bunch of scriptures what God has to say about how he hates the sinner, let me tell you something. God hates the sin and he hates the sinner. Now, those who don't want to come out their sins, those who say that they can be counted among the righteous, okay, for them to be kicking and screaming, that must mean, because see, that's coming from a guilty conscience. You cannot tell me 
You cannot tell me. You want to know why? Because the Holy Spirit told me that, yeah, they still stuck in some sin and they want God to still love them. But let's go to the scriptures. Okay. Because you see, sometimes when you trying to in love and what I'm learning now in patience and in gentleness, when you bring in correction to a falsehood, you have to have some patience because they are not getting it. Okay. Because we know in a lot of the cases, the Holy Spirit is not dwelling in them. That is why they don't get it. But that's not to say that those who are kicking and screaming about this are not filled with the Holy Spirit. It could just be that they never heard this before. They always thought like, I'm not that I believed it, but it sounded like that's something God would have said or maybe implied in the scripture. And the fact that we never really did a study on it. And so we just assume that because the Bible tells us that God is love. So then that must mean that he loves us. But the question on the floor is, who do, who does he love? Because that is where the confusion is coming into play. So now look, like I said about that phrase, right? You know how you can hear a lie repeated so often and by so many people that you actually think that what you heard is true. When in fact, you're not quite sure who coined that phrase, but you have heard it enough to think that it is actually a thing. Because like I said, that quote, that quote came from Gandhi, okay, who, who seems to have borrowed it from a Catholic bishop and come to find out about Gandhi, because obviously he, he was a Hindu, and you would think that with all of the, the good deeds that he was doing, especially with all of those fastings and um, coming against the government where the labor workers were concerned, and he seemed to be such a pious man, um, a humble man, you know, um, he lived very mod modestly from all appearance, you know, and so you would think that, yeah, just like him and Mother Teresa, um, that they are sitting up in heaven. They're not, listen to this, okay, let me just, let me just finish with this lesson so we can all get some education, and then I'm gonna get back to Gandhi, okay, so, like I said about that quote, I got to say it again because this is shattering a lot of people's beliefs. God hates the sin, but loves the sinner. We done heard that a thousand times, right? But guess what? The world, that secular Babylonian world who wants nothing to do with God, Okay, well, the world ran with it. The apostate church ran with it. And believers in Christ actually thought this was something that God actually said. It sounds like it can be true because we know, like I said, that God is love. But guess what, precious? God did not say that. To the contrary, 
He said the direct opposite. Now, that will not sit well with the one who knows they are in sin. And that is where I'm getting the pushback from the lion's den. People, you are a born-again follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you say, because God told us to test every spirit that we would know a tree by the fruit that it bears. Now, for months, you talking about God will, um, wait a minute, how they said it, that yes, that God will punish the unrighteous that the wicked shall not inherit the kingdom of God, then what's the problem? Then what's the problem? That same wicked, unrighteous person that will not inherit the kingdom of God, well, that person is a sinner. It's a sinner. And so now I don't know why this lesson is kicking up and brewing up a firestorm. So now look, like I said, okay, God didn't say that. He did not say that, but what he said was, okay, so let me, let me go down here to the scriptures. Okay. So now look, like I said, this is not going to sit well with the one who knows that they are in sin, but want the false reassurance that God loves the sinner anyway, and that he will overlook their sin and allow them to enter the kingdom of God. Listen, remember, according to 1 John 3, 6, it says, whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Point blank period. That scripture should not offend the true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. If anything, it reassures us that we are on the right path. When we lay down this sin, we ain't going back to the vomit. Okay. We are abiding in Christ. Okay. And when we do that, we're not going to sin. Why? Because of the gift of repentance. That means that we don't have that want to, to want to sin anymore. We just don't want to. We get it. We still in this flesh body. Okay. Um, if we give provisions to it, if we let it have its say, yeah, we're going to be still stuck in sin. That's a no-brainer. If so facto, if you put away the sin, okay, then you're not coming to God with dirty hands and a guilty conscience. It just stands to reason. And that is why people are kicking and screaming because they are still in their sins. And when they hear how God hates the sinner, Oh, they're up in arms. So like I said, 1 John 3, 6 should not offend the true believer in Christ. Make no mistake about it, my friends. God hates evil, wickedness, and evil doers. So who is an evil doer? Here we go again. Let us break down what the sinner is, okay? An evil doer is a sinner who refuses to repent, 
who has rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. Like I said, God has done everything that needed to be done for the salvaging of your soul. He would never, okay? He would never accept evilness, wickedness, and those who thrive and live in it. And I don't care what you say, okay? Because listen, the truth of the matter is, it is what it is. It is what it is. First John 3, 6 told us, whoever, whoever abides in him does not sin. Does not sin. Now, you can kick and scream and holler to the rooftops all you want about how, oh, it's impossible to stop sinning. Really? How about give it a try? How about for the next 30 days that you make no provision for the flesh and over time you will sin less and less and less people i am a witness to this okay this is not me being self-righteous as if you know i'm the one over here just doing everything right no we got our nose in the Bible that tells us that those who abide in him does not sin. So, ipso facto, if you are sinning, the Bible says that whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. And that's just what it is, okay? Okay, that's just what it is. Because see, sometimes you just got to put a period right there. And so, look. What I had to keep on doing over there because I get it. This is new information coming down the pike. Okay. This is new information coming down the pike and people don't understand. Well, then what does that mean? Because I say that I'm saved, but I'm still doing some sin. So you mean to tell me that God don't love me? Look, personally, I don't know where you are with the Lord, okay? I'm only reading what you are saying and screaming all in caps. Yeah, I had to block this one sister. She up there just screaming. <laughs> She's up there just screaming at me. And talking about, no, you wrong. God does love the sinner and does and so and does and so. I... I had to block her because, see, first of all, you're not going to scream at me, okay? When truth is coming down the pike, just like when it came down my pike, I had to shut my face and listen and then go to the scripture to see if that's true or not. I mean, you're not even going to study for yourself to see what is this new teaching? What is this? I've always believed thus and so, but... And I got to say this with love, okay? Because I too was lazy. I was too lazy enough to go into the word for myself to see did God really say this and that and thus and so. So look, I wrote here, okay? Y'all don't want to hear that. And those who feel pricked by it, take it as an encouragement that you need to look into your life to see where the sin is because those who have truly repented of their sins like i keep saying they got the memo god hates workers of iniquity 
Because if that was the case, then Jesus died for nothing. If God so loved the sinner so much that he's going to allow him to go to heaven anyway, then what was the point? What was the point of God sending Jesus to this sick, sinful, violated, dark, lustful of a world to die a horrific death on a Roman's cross if we want to get to heaven anyway? So, yeah, let's let's just get to some scriptures right now because look, okay, point blank and period. God hates sin and those that stay in it. Now, if you're not in any sin and you live in how God says that our lives should look like we are in repentance, that we should be bearing some fruits of repentance, then you ain't got nothing to worry about. God not loving the sinner will have absolutely nothing to do with you unless, unless you, my friend, is still in some sin. And this is pricking you because you know you ain't living right. Come on, folks. You know you ain't all the way put down that married man. You're still smoking them blunts. You're still smoking them cigarettes. Ladies, I can't say it enough. You don't know how to cover up this body tea. Okay, with all those breasts, hips, and thighs just popping out everywhere. Okay, we don't know how to stop lying and stealing and cheating people. We're doing everything but be a child of God. And so in your, I don't know, deception, okay, you think that you want to still get to heaven in your sins? No. And this is why I be staying on those apostate false teachers. You want to know why? Because this is the teachings that they should bring that that they should be bringing across that pulpit. Okay? Okay? So that when you hear this outside of church, it will not shock you. These people, it was like a diabetic coma going on over there on Facebook these last couple of days behind a statement that Gandhi who was anti-Christ. Yeah, I'm about to tell you about a Gandhi. Okay, so now look, here we go with the scriptures. Now look, Proverbs 6, verses 16 to 19 says this. Now, we talking about how God hates the sin and the sinner. Okay, there are six things that the Lord hates. Seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lion tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one, that's a person, that's not an animal or a thing, one, who sows discord among brethren among brothers. So now, I got a question for you all. Who has eyes? Who has a tongue that can speak like words? Okay. Who have hands? Okay. Four fingers and a thumb. Who has a deceitful heart? Who has feet? Just two. 
Okay, just two feet. A person, a person. Okay, Proverbs 6, right, Holy Spirit, verses 16 to 19 is talking about a person. Okay, this is a sinner who does these things. Okay, these are called an abomination to God. So here we go. And that's the person that God hates because of the above mentioned abominations. Here we go. Psalms 5 5. The foolish shall not stand in thy sight. Thou hatest all workers of iniquity. Who is a worker of iniquity? Is it the person who loves the Lord Jesus Christ? Is it the person who repented of their sins and now they are living a life of holiness and righteousness? No, absolutely not. No, God hates sinners. He says all workers, evildoers, sinners, of iniquity, God hates them. So where in it does it say that God loves the sinner? He don't. Psalms eleven five says, "The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked and him that loveth violence, his soul hates." Come on now, all you gotta do is do some Bible study to find out if that is true or not. Go into the Bible to see, did God really say that? And stop going off of what you feel that God meant by something. Because you know, right, Holy Spirit, that is how false doctrine and false teachings come into play. Amen. Look, if we just stick to the scriptures and only that, we would do quite well indeed. Psalms 45, 7. Come on. We're walking through the scriptures about to see if God loves a sinner man. Mm-hmm. Psalms 45, 7. Thou loveth righteousness and hates wickedness. Therefore, God, thy God, hate, um, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Okay. It's telling us what God loves. Okay. He loves righteousness and everybody who do right. That's who God loves. If you want to know who God loves, it just told us over here in Psalms 45, 7, thou lovest righteousness. So if you're living right and doing right, so what if you hear that God hates the sinner? It don't apply to you unless, unless it does. And that's why you kicking up a storm and screaming, Oh, now we see Jeremiah 44, 4 says, How be it, I sent unto you all my servants, the prophets, rising early and sending them, saying, Oh, do not this abominable thing that I hate. God hates it when man commits sin. And who commits sin? A sinner. Just like who commits burglary? A burglar. Just like who commits murder? A murderer. 
Okay, those who practice willful sin is called a sinner. If you're not practicing sin, then you don't have nothing to worry about. So then why are you screaming about, oh, no, no, God does love the sinner. Unless, unless, my friends, there's something going on in your life. Psalms 10, 3. For the wicked boasted of his heart's desire and blesses the covetous whom the Lord abhors. Now, abhor is another word for hate. Come on now, we got to do some word study. Because if you don't understand what a word means and you're really looking for some answers, then you need to crack open your dictionary as well. Glory be to God. Amen. Romans 1.18. Come on now. We are trying to find where God says that he loves the sinner. Because so far, we're reading that he abhors them. He hates them. He ain't got nothing to do with unrighteousness. So far, we found out that he loves righteousness. And those who practice in being right and just and holy, that's the one. That's the one who has not rejected his son, Jesus, and what he did for the sinner on the cross. Amen. Revelation 21, 8. But as for the cowardly, now this list here is talking about a person. Okay, not the concept of sin. And because, let me tell you something, sin itself, okay, sin don't go to hell, okay? People go to hell. They send themselves to hell because they stay stuck in these sins and don't repent, okay? It's the person. Like I said, it is not the theory or concept of sin that God hates. No, he hates the one who does it. Evildoers, workers of iniquity, them. Revelation 21, 8 says, but as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for, um, as for murderers, the sexual immoral, we talking about people, Okay, we're not talking about the concept, right, Holy Spirit, of sin. No, we're talking about the person. We're talking about the sexual, immoral, sorcerers, okay? Anything, glory be to God, that has an E-R to it, that's a person, okay? If we got to take this back to elementary grammar school, okay, we know that these are pronouns. These are describing people sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, okay? The concept of lying don't go to hell, but the person who lies, oh, he's going to hell. As a matter of fact, it says, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Come on now, Acts 17.30, listen. We doing a trip through the Bible because we can't let this falseness continue in the body of Christ. Because if we fall for this, then we'll fall for everything. And we see that that is the case in the body of Christ. So 
Acts 17.30, God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in early times, but now, but now, why? Because Jesus came on the scene and died for your sins. That precious blood was shed. It was sprinkled on the mercy seat of God in heaven, making atonement for our sins, where now we are reconciled back to the Father. So this is serious business. Listen, Jesus showing up on the scene was a game changer. Right, Holy Spirit, he changed the game where sin and lawlessness is concerned. But if you don't want no part of it, or if you claim to be a follower of his and you're still in some sins, then you are lying to yourself. You are lying. And how do we know you feel in some kind of way? Because when the truth is coming down the pike, you are hollering. No, Jesus, God loves the sinner. No, he does not. He doesn't. Now, look, like I was saying, Acts 17, 30, God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times. But now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and turn to him. Glory be to God. So when I did that lesson, I had to keep following up. You want to know why? <laughs> because of all the kicking and screaming. So look, I had to do this follow up. Now I'm going to read it just like I posted it. Okay. First things first, because you see, <laughs> what was happening was that people were losing their ever-loving minds. These so-called Christians, you would think that they would be like, that's right. You know what? Because see, they need to repent and come on over here into the kingdom and get in on the good foot. Okay. Some were saying just that, but a whole lot was trying to come for me with the, no, this is not right. Yelling at me all in caps. Like I said, unless, unless my love, you are in some sin and this is making you feel some kind of way. Okay. Because you know why? As a side note, because we keep falling for the lie of the apostate false teacher with his damnable once saved, always saved speech. That's why we think that God loves the sinner because we keep hearing from that elderly pastor that's been on the pulpit for 50 years talking about how you got this in the bag and that God says that you have eternal security. And Jesus said that no man can pluck you out of my hands. So that must mean that he loves you. Why? Because even though you are sinning, how much more does God's grace? grace abound. And that is why the body of Christ has lost it. They have lost their train of thought. Why? Because they in their sins, no one held them to the fire that if they don't stop it, they go into hell. So when you give it to them straight like that with no uh, a chaser, they lose their minds. They never heard this before. This is new information coming down the pipeline. So, 
with all that commentary they were giving me, I had to come back with hopefully what I thought to be a clearer understanding. Why? Because see now I'm coming in patience. I'm coming with gentleness. So I said, first things first, we know that God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son through the Lord Jesus Christ. We can have forgiveness of our sins and everlasting life because of his death, burial, and resurrection. We must keep in mind this crucial fact. Listen, if God loves the sinner who is still stuck knee deep in their sins, who refuses to repent and thumb their noses at God's redemption plan for mankind, who blaspheme God every chance they get, who is in willful, deliberate, outright rebellion towards a holy God, then, then Jesus died that horrific death for nothing. Listen, in his love, Jesus died for the sinner. He laid down his life for us so that sin will no longer have mastery over us. That don't mean that Jesus loved the sinner. No, he demonstrated his love by laying down his life. Amen. So is it too much? of a field. Oh, no, let me go back up. I said, in his love, Jesus died for the sinner. He laid down his life for us so that sin will no longer have mastery over us. Is it too much of a good field message to think that we can get to heaven in our sins because of God's love for everybody? That's the essence of the false doctrine of universalism. God's word is very distinctive. He tells us up and down and all around his word, the faith of both the sinner man and the one who has repented and is a new creation in Christ Jesus. We all will do well to study the Bible, God's full counsel which lays out the consequences of the sinner who will incur God's wrath and the one who has repented and will have eternal life. So I thought that would quiet the waters, but oh no, no, here comes some more kicking and screaming. So I had to post the following. Here we go. Y'all keep kicking and screaming all you want to. God loves those who are righteous and who have accepted his son's sacrifice on their behalf. If God loves the sinner who is stuck, because see, I got to keep repeating this because they're not getting it, y'all. If God loves the sinner who is stuck in their wickedness, are you saying they get to go to heaven too without repenting because God loves them so much. Listen, we need to wake up. God loves his saints only. 
He loved the world so much that he sent Jesus to save mankind. But if mankind rejects that, they are rejecting the only one, capital O, that can save them. Sinners don't get to go to heaven because God loves them. No, they send themselves to hell because they have rejected God's love. For it is written, Psalms 11. I'm going to read all of Psalms 11. Verse 1. I trust in the Lord for protection. So why do you say to me, fly like a bird to the mountains for safety? The wicked are stringing their bows and fitting their arrows on the bowstrings. They shoot from the shadows at those whose hearts are right. We got some haters out there now, don't we? Amen. Verse three, the fountains of, I'm sorry, the foundations of law and order have collapsed. What can the righteous do? Verse four, but the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord still rules from heaven. He watches everyone. He watches everyone closely, examining every person on earth. Verse 5, the Lord examines both the righteous and the wicked. Here we go. He hates those who love violence. Come on, people. The scripture is telling us who God hates because he's watching both the righteous and the wicked. He hates those who love violence. Verse 6, he will rain down blazing coals and burning sulfur on the wicked, punishing them with scorching winds. Are we hearing about how God loves the sinner? Absolutely not. Verse 7, for the righteous Lord loves justice. For the righteous Lord loves justice. The virtuous will see his face. Come on now. Could you see? This is how we know folks ain't reading the Bible. They not. They can't be. Wanna know why I say that? Because if they were what I said about God hating the sinner, they will they would have been like, yup, because according to Psalms 11, he does hate those who do violence. And we see down here in verse 7, for the righteous, uh, it says, for the righteous Lord loves justice, the virtuous. That means those who do right. That means those who are living holy and righteous because of what Jesus done for them. And they said yes to the plan of redemption. They said, thank you, Lord God, for the gift of repentance. Because it allows me not to even want to sin. Yeah, I live in this flesh body and I can't wait to shed it and get my glorified body. But at the me in the meantime, oh, I'm going to put away the sin. I'm not going to allow this flesh to have a say about anything. Amen. So you would think <laughs> that that would have been the end of the story. But oh, no, no. Here I go with yet another follow-up. Now, look, because of the kicking and screaming, this is why, because I'm being patient, because I, I get it. Like I said, new information coming down the pike. 
So I said, hey, everyone, if you are, because see, I, I think when I wrote this one, I had to come from a different angle, okay? I had to come from this angle. Hey, everyone, if you are a new covenant, born again follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, then you are not a sinner on your way to hell. Although you can sin, but strive not to. Listen, Jesus made atonement for our sins when his precious blood was sprinkled upon the mercy seat of God in heaven, reconciling us back to the Father, whereby God's wrath is no longer on us. So I don't know why y'all fighting about God's love for a sinner. Shaking my head. Jesus took our punishment and incurred God's wrath on our behalf. Because you see, I don't know how many ways that I can say this because it's not getting through. It's not getting through. And then I went on to say, Jesus took our punishment and incurred God's wrath on our behalf. God had to turn away from Jesus Jesus, because he had taken on our sins. That is why Jesus cried out from the cross, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Listen, if you are not a sinner, be grateful for God's mercy. Be grateful for it. Why are you advocating for the sinner who is on their way to hell because they refuse to repent and turn to God? The reason why you're still, wait, what I said? Oh, the reason why you're playing the sinner's advocate is because you must be still in some sin and not fully put on the new man and your guilty conscience is getting to you because I don't get it. The scriptures are very clear about what God has to say about the sinner. And he does not say sinners will inherit the kingdom of God. He has pushed them away. We don't know how much more clearer we can make that point. Amen. So, <laughs> guess what? Guess what? More kicking and screaming because you know what at this point I'm like I'm like this they got some sin oh yes they do because see now at this point I think I had made that crystal clear via the Holy Spirit right okay if after all of that were three comebacks with more detail information about the same thing because I'm saying the same thing over and over, but I'm trying to come from a different angle. So maybe this way you can get it, but oh no, no. So here I go. Okay. I posted up Psalms 5 verses 5 through 6 where it says the boastful shall not stand before your eyes you hate all evildoers now that should have been the end of the story right there i gave scripture after scripture this one says it clearly as if the others didn't which it did but this one like i said trying to come from another angle because they ain't getting it the boastful shall not 
stand. Hold on a second, because my phone over here want to act up. Hold on. Is this one doing right? Okay. That one, I had to shut that down. Hold on. Getting back up here, the Psalms 5, 5, 6. Like I said, the boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. He hates the sinner man. Look, if you don't know what abhor means, I even broke that down. Look, to abhor is to abominate, to recoil from, to shudder at. Now, this is what God is doing towards the sinner man. It ain't saying nothing about him loving him. Absolutely not. Look, to abhor like it says over here, the Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man, the sinner man, okay? Abhor means to shudder at, to detest, to hate, to loathe, to despise, to dislike, to disdain, to regard with disgust. Y'all want to keep saying that how God loves the sinner? No, he is regarding the sinner with disgust, okay? To abhor means to be unable to abide. That means I can't be around you? Absolutely not, right, Holy Spirit? Because the Bible says that those who abide in the Lord, okay, that's the one he loves. So for the word abhor to be broken down to me, to be unable to abide. God is like, get away from me. I can't be around you. To abhor means to feel, okay, an aversion to, okay, to revile, to denounce, to scorn. So like I said, don't let that false teacher and a worldly religious icon, Gandhi, who worship false gods, okay? You can't let these people tell you what God said. Now, getting back to Gandhi, like I said, he's the one that came up with that phrase, God hates the sin, but love the sinner, like I said. And in closing, that is not biblical, nor is it scriptural. So now look, FYI, Gandhi was not a, a Christian. According to Wikipedia, okay, about Gandhi, among other things, this is what it says. It says, during his stay in South Africa, along with scriptures and philosophical texts of Hinduism, okay, and other Indian religions, Gandhi read translated texts of Christianity, such as the Bible, and Islam, such as the Quran, a Quaker mission in South Africa, okay, attempted to convert him to Christianity. Gandhi joined them in their prayers and debated Christian theology with them, but refused conversion, stating he did not accept the theology therein, meaning that he don't believe the Bible, okay, um, or that Christ was the only son of God. And this is the man, okay, because see, that is why we got to do our own history and study to find out who these people were, because if you let the world tell it, this man was on his way to heaven, that he was a holy and righteous man. Absolutely not. 
it says that this this um missionary this quaker missionary down there in south africa tried to convert him tried to bring him to the lord jesus christ but gandhi had nothing to do with it he debated christian theology and he refused uh, uh conversion stating that he did not accept the theology theorem or that christ was the only son of god Okay, and then it says that his comparative studies of religions and interaction with scholars led him to respect all religions as well as become concerned about imperfections and all of them. Okay, because apparently he found imperfections in the word of God, like he found them elsewhere, I guess, in the Quran and whatever else religions that he was looking into to try to figure out which one that he rather have. Well, we saw that he rejected Christ. So you know where he's at. Okay. Hell. It says that his comparative studies of religions and interaction with scholars led him to respect all religions as well as become concerned about imperfections in all of them and frequent misinterpretations. Really? Oh, well, let me tell the Gandhi uh, followers, there is nothing misinterpreted about the, uh, about the word of God, I can assure you. And then it says that Gandhi grew fond of Hinduism and referred to the, I'm not even going to say this false God or whoever this person is, okay? Um, no, I guess this is some Hindu religious uh, writings, Okay, because apparently he's um, referring to that as his spiritual dictionary and greatest single influence on his life. Okay, well, then there you go, Hindi, uh, <laughs> Hindi, Gandhi. Okay, he was fond of uh, uh, Hinduism. Okay, he uh, studied the scriptures and he saw, according to him, okay, because he sat with the scholars and they poured over religion after religion and where Christianity is concerned. No, nope, according to him, it came up wanting. He said, no, he refused to be uh, converted. So, and he's against Christ. He says that Christ was not the only son of God. Well, then, well, how many sons of God, capital S, does he have? Huh? One. His God said that he sent his only, his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So there we go with Gandhi and his and his phrase that's causing a stir in the body of Christ. Because let me tell you, and I'm going to close with this. I was going to go into the individual comments, but let's just say they all was kicking and screaming. But this one that I wanted to talk about, about Romans 5, 8, because you see, they were trying to provide scriptures where it's talked about how God loves the sinner because one person was saying, well, you know, Jesus loved the uh, sinner woman who was caught in adultery. First of all, the scripture does not say that God, I mean, that Jesus loved the adulterous woman. No, he said that I do not condemn you and that go and sin no more. Now, our feelings, okay, wants to believe that that's what he meant. 
Well, guess what? We cannot interpret the scriptures based on our fleshly feelings because if that was the case, then we will believe every single lie, every single false doctrine because that's where it comes from, right, Holy Spirit? A man who did not rightly divide the word of truth and he felt like, well, God really meant this. Or Jesus really didn't mean when he said that. No, we take the Bible word for word. Whatever the words that he said, then that's what it is. We can't add to it nor take away from it. Now, if anything, we all should make sure we have read the end of the book of Revelation. When God says no one, he commanded no one to take or add to the words. Otherwise, the plagues of the Bible will, will be upon you. Okay. And so this person was saying that, you know, one, how God, uh, Jesus loved the sinner woman. Well, that's not what he said. And then they were using uh, Romans 5, 8. Okay, so let's come over here to Romans 5, 8 real quick. Now, look, and we're going to close with this. Okay, look, it says, oh, hold on. Let me bring out the King James. Because you know y'all love your King James. Here we go. Now, look, okay, what I say, Romans 5, 8. Okay, but God commanded his love toward us. And you see, and that's where they getting it wrong. Okay. They thinking that that scripture, that line right there means that he loves the sinner. It doesn't. Let's read on. It says, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now we got to understand what that meant. Okay. It wasn't that God loves the sinner. No. Look, okay, let me, where's my little note thingy here? Here we go. Right. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were sinners. Because you see, they misinterpret that to mean that, well, God loves the sinner. That's why he sent Jesus. No, that means that God's in God in his compassion, in his love, in his mercy, this is what he did for us. Okay. He did something out of his love, out of his will, not because he loves the sinner man. No, it, this is what God did on his own outside of the sinner person. Okay, so I believe that that is where the confusion is coming in because everybody loves to say, oh, well, Christ died for the sinners. So then that must mean he loves us. No, God. No, let me, let me back up. God loves the righteous. He loves the righteous that turned from their sins who has not rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the one, because we just read of all those scriptures about who God hates and who he loves. Amen. And so there we go, people. There we go. Because look, I wrote this last response, okay? Uh, oh, yeah, because um, the person was saying about how Jesus loved the adulterous woman and that how he even loved the uh, thief on the cross. <sighs> They were stretching. They were stretching. No. In that moment, glory be to God. Yes. In that moment, that thief 
on the cross, he repented. Okay. He, he asked Jesus, he asked Jesus for forgiveness. And Jesus told him what this day you shall be, you shall be in paradise. Okay. Okay. It had nothing to listen. It does not say, well, you know, Jesus loved the thief on the cross that he promised him. No, this is what happens when we repent. Now we can get in on God's love. But first things first, we got to put away the sin. We got to believe the gospel that Jesus died and he was buried. And after three days, he rose up out of the grave where he is now sitting in heaven. We got to repent. Then God loves the righteous. But keep in mind, you got to stay on the good foot. Okay, you can't be slipping and sliding up and down and around your sin and still think you get into heaven because then when you hear a teaching like this, you lose your mind. So look, I said that the highlight of Romans 5, 8 is that in God's love, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That scripture does not interpret that he loves sinners. No, it highlights and interprets that in his love, he did something for us. And what did he do? He sent the Lord Jesus Christ to die. He sent Jesus from heaven to die for the sins of the world. But, big old but, if we reject his salvation plan for the sinner, no, but if we reject his salvation plan, okay, for the sinner, man, they will die in their sins. And the Bible tells us that God's wrath will be upon that person. It's not a scripture in the Bible that directly says that God loves the sinner. To the contrary, he says the exact opposite the opposite okay so there we go folks i am sweating up a storm up in here whoo lord jesus because you see and these be the same people that if you look real closely at their comments they would say something like oh well you know this is wait a minute what how we go they go something like well we are not perfect. You know, um, no matter how excellent we try to be, we are not pure. Okay, well then guess what? Then you got a problem with the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, because he said to go and sin no more. God commanded us to live holy. This is not an option or a suggestion. We can't be in sin talking about we love Jesus. You can't. You cannot. That's an oxymoron. You cannot. Amen. And so there we go, folks. I pray, I pray with all earnest that we got the understanding that that tagline that God hates sin but loves the sinner is a lie. God never said that. And unrighteous idol-worshipping, devil-worshipping, anti-Christ, Hindu man said that. And not only did he say that, okay, because thank you, Holy Spirit, right? I don't know what God he was talking about because he said that God is not the only son of God. So I don't know what God he was talking about. So that right there caused us to debunk 
that whole phrase to begin with. Amen. All right, people. Lord willing, until next time, stop sinning, repent of your sins, and turn back to God. Until next time, i speak to you all soon. Bye for now. guys for tuning in i truly appreciate all your support until next time i'll be talking to y'all soon bye